don't fight an opportunity. Listen to what God has to offer us tonight. I'm going to go quick on this because we need to move by the Spirit of God. Don't fight an opportunity. Invite the opportunity to bring, watch this, to bring justice to any situation in your life with the use of God's eternal word. To, to declare what is right and correct in the sight of God, in his word, or anything that is in error or contrary to God's will in your life. Decree it. Declare it. Be prophetic. Speak unto those things that are not as they should be. And God will move on your behalf. God is referencing to every, oh, there it is. My God, my God. I know we, we get all kinds of stuff on this, but I, remarks on this, I don't care. Right now, through both of those doors, I see a cloud coming in. Coming in. Uh, cl coming in to fill this sanctuary. A glory cloud of God. And they've called me every other thing in, 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 that I could be called. And you know what? It doesn't matter. God is God. He'll back me up. He's got my back. Come on. All right. Don't fight an opportunity. Invite the opportunity to bring justice. Somebody say justice. Into any situation in your life with the use of God's eternal word. To declare what is right and correct in the sight of God in his word. Or anything that is in error or contrary to God's will in your life. God is referencing to every circumstance. And every situation that crosses a believer's path, either a directive, a command of God based on covenant promises, or an assignment directed by the enemy that is in opposition to God's word. Now, I'm going to jump on this real quick. I want to talk a little bit of what I spoke about yesterday. We had a, an altar call uh, in, 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 in the house. And we were talking about substance abuse. Now, please listen to this. We're going to bring, man, did I get some backlash on this. Listen to what we're talking about. And the operative word here is abuse. Somebody say abuse. Yesterday, it went out with, without a further explanation. And I'm not defending myself. I'm just telling you what, what was trying to be explained yesterday. When the use or consumption of alcohol or drugs are in play when they're used for recreational use and a person's body, their soul, their mind, their emotions, and their will are being abused. They're being tormented, used in a wrong way with the thought that there is no problem when there is a problem. Now, what we're saying here, if you're using medication to, to uh, help relieve pain or, or to deal with a situation in your body, uh, uh, in, then, then it's appropriate. When you go out and you decide to have a glass of wine or uh, you know, uh, uh, alcoholic beverage and you, you, you drink that, that's not abusing your body. What we're talking about, when, when there's an excess, a deliberate excess to indulge in the use of these things, you're, you've got a problem. One person agrees. Because people say, oh, I don't have a problem. Well, the idea, the problem is that you don't realize that you have a problem. Substance abuse weakens the mind of an individual and positions them to become a more vulnerable, become more vulnerable 
at, at, at danger, at uh, being ill-protected or exposed, a, a wide opening to the attacks in their minds. At the moment of consumption or intake of substance, that will alter or weaken the person's mind. And then a threshold is established. A door, a portal, a gateway, a starting point for the enemy uh, to enter in. That door has been opened and he will use all of his abilities to attack the mind of the user. Confession is good for the soul. I'm being transparent here. My personal abuse of alcohol and drugs was an assignment of the enemy purpose to bring me into a premature death. But God, I said, but God intervened. He stepped between the enemy's plan for an early death, giving me a new life. Oh, somebody. Giving me a new life, a life of abundance through the life of his only begotten son. So we, we want to clear that up. If you don't, you know, you, you want to have a glass of wine or sip a beer or, you know, whatever. You know, just consider what God's saying. Don't allow the substances of the world to become abusive to your physical body. And the reason I say that, because the Bible says our bodies, as born-again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, devil-rebuking children of the Son of the living God, the Holy Spirit abides in us. Our body is a temple where he abides. And we need to, we need to um, uh, reverence and honor his, his presence uh, in us. Amen? Okay, so the end of that. Let's, let's clear that up. And if you have any more comments, send it somewhere else. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Stick a fork in me. I'm done. Hallelujah. Okay, to the screen. Three John. See, and I just really quick, I, 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 I go back, I think back to the days. Those days. Where I was living in the darkest of darkness. And I was so bound to the, the use of the substances. Come on, somebody. But God. Come on. I said, but God. Hallelujah. All right. Let's do the, let's do the message. Whew. I was starting to do the Holy Ghost shame. Okay. 3 John 1. One, two. Beloved, I pray that in every way that you may succeed and prosper and be in good health physically, just as I know your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions prosper spiritually. So tonight we're going to give you some examples, and then we're going to set up this altar for you to come up, and I'm going to get right in this with you. Hey, Hallelujah. And we're going to allow God to do what he needs to do. All right? When we read the scriptures, when we go to the book, we read that Noah heard the voice of God in his instructions and followed them. And all the task was, looked monumental. But at the end result, God was able to accomplish his 120-year plan to build the ark. And through the life of Noah and his family, that redemption for humanity would come through the life of God's only begotten son, Jesus. And here we can witness the supernatural power of God's strength manifested in the life of Noah and his family. A demonstration. 
they didn't fight against it. Come on. They invited it. They took the opportunity that God gave them to make a change uh, in the, in, uh, for the lives of humanity. We turned to the life of Esther, mighty woman of God. Can't wait to meet her. Amen. I'm, I'm going to get her a Starbucks. All right. <laughs> Esther, her call to fight for God's beloved people, the Jew, making a request to her uncle Mordecai, a decree. Somebody say decree. A decree, a time of prayer and fasting that the plans of of annihilation, a genocide of a people would be exposed. That their lives and the generations following would be spared. Esther didn't fight against this high call of God. She invited it. And then she embraced it, her commitment to God to be a vessel chosen for the redemption of a generation of Jews whose lives were predestined by God. To live as a culture, a civilization, a society, to prosper. Oh, God, somebody help me. To prosper, to flourish, to thrive, to progress in a lifestyle. Your born-again experience must become a lifestyle in Christ. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. To live as a culture, a civilization, a society, to prosper, to flourish, to thrive, to progress in a lifestyle with their customs intact, their traditions undamaged from their heritage founded on the principles of God and his eternal word. They didn't fight it. Come on. I'm sorry. She didn't fight it. She embraced it. What an opportunity to be, to serve God, but then to be used by God. Go to the prophet Ezekiel in Ezekiel 37. You all know the valley of the dry bones. We're not going to go into all the details. But in his conversation with Jehovah, Ezekiel taken up by the spirit. And God asks his servant, does Does God speak to anybody here? Does God ask you to do things? Watch what happens. And I know it's happened when you obeyed him. Watch what happens. Taken up by the spirit, God asks the servant, son of man, can these bones live? Ezekiel's response was, Lord, only you know. I'm going to paraphrase this. Yes, son of man. Listen, he calls him, he doesn't call him a prophet. He doesn't call him prophet Ezekiel. He says, son of man. Very specific. He didn't go after the mantle. He didn't, he didn't acknowledge the title. He simply called him as he was, son of man. What? Yes, son of man. Because, he says, because I know these bows can live, prophesy upon these bones and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. When God is asking you to prophesy, when God is asking you to make a decree, when God is instructing you to pray into a situation or circumstance, know that it's coming from a sovereign God, a holy God, a righteous God, 
one who called you out of darkness and brought you into his marvelous light. You who he has redeemed. You who has he has saved. Come on. You, you who he has healed. My God, you who he has delivered is somebody in this house. I, he says, I will make a breath enter in you and you will become to life on your born again experience. Oh God, somebody, I can't stand it. When you said, Jesus, come into my heart, be Lord of my life. The Holy Spirit, breathe his his spirit into your body, and your spirit man came to life just like it did on those dry bones. And this is exactly what God did to you and became born again. His Ruach HaKodesh, living in you, thriving in you, giving you God's ability to do what God said he would do in you and through you. Oh, God, slap me silly tonight. And I want to, and I, I want to, I want to acknowledge To say, I want to acknowledge the anointing of God in me and on me right now. But it gets even better. I want to acknowledge the anointing of God in you and on you right now. To you, God's chosen. Want to acknowledge the anointing of God in you and on you right now. Listen, Ezekiel didn't fight it. He invited it by doing what Jehovah instructed him to do. And God caused his breath to come upon the dry bones of Israel as Ezekiel, the son of man, prophesied to the wind. The Bible says, the book says, the breath of God and the Bible says, the Lord God came to fulfill the promise of his word. And in 1949, the rebirth of of Israel as a nation came to pass. Everything that does does in the spirit will have its effect in the natural realm. Everything that comes from the, the, uh, the, the throne room of glory into the earth will manifest in the natural realm. Every prophecy that has been spoken unto you and every word that you decree out of your mouth as a written word will come to pass. And God is saying to many of you, don't fight this high call of God on your lives. Invite it in. And as you invite it in, embrace it. Take hold of it. God is saying, with him nothing is impossible. And he's saying, when you embrace this directive mind, I will show you the unlimited possibilities that can come from my realms of glory. You want to hear more? Convince me. Okay, I'll preach to this side. No. Okay, here's some more. Mary, the mother of Jesus, heard the announcement from Gabriel regarding her role as a handmaiden to birth the Savior. And as possible, as impossible as it seemed to be, Mary didn't fight it. She invited it. By saying, let it be so according to your word. Not only did Mary invite it, she embraced it. And the results, oh my God. A Savior was born to redeem humanity unto salvation. Can I get a witness in this house? 
the disciples of the early birth, the disciples and the birth of the early church. Jesus told his disciples in Luke 24, 49, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, you but you but tarry you in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And before Jesus ascended, this was what he said, Luke 24, 49. Oh, I'm going to send you what my father had promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Let's go to the screen. Men of God in the booth. Acts 1, 4. Mararabash shokafaktaroboso. While being together and eating with them, he, Jesus, commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, of which he said, you have heard me speak. For John baptized with water, but you, but you will be baptized and empowered and united with the Holy Spirit not long from now. Acts, six, Acts 1, 6 to 8. So when they had come together and asked him repeatedly, Lord, are you at this time reestablishing the kingdom and restoring it to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the time or the epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. But this was the promise. And that promise is manifested in our lives as his sons and daughters of the living God. We who have chosen to become his disciples. Here's the promise. But you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses to tell the people about me, both in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. Saints, disciples didn't fight it. They invited it, and then they embraced it. And to the 120 who remained in that historical upper room encounter, 2,000 years ago, they received the promise of the Father. And the book says, your Bible says, that they were baptized with the Holy Ghost. And the evidence of that baptism resulted in the gift of God with heavenly languages. Heavenly languages, not one. Plural, there that were spoken. And each man from different countries Heard the same word. They heard the exact same word in different dialects. So tonight we've got a good word. To my brothers and sisters on this side. To my brothers and sisters in the middle. To my brothers and sisters on this side. Tonight we've got a good word. Tonight we have a sure word of promises. God is offering you a divine encounter with him tonight. A work that only he can do. His desire is to promote you in every area of your lives.
to posture yourselves with an attitude that is not about you, but about him and all that he has called you to do as his beloved bride. So we're going to throw some questions out. We're not requesting a response. In fact, I'm asking not for a response. Just listen to the questions. And then meditate on them. And let the Spirit of God prompt it within you. Prompt the answer within you. And take it home with you tonight. That, that cloud of glory has reached the front already. It's up here. It's here. And no, 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 what has the enemy been using to prevent you from fighting against this high call of God in your life? What is being used to cause you to fight against this advancement of kingdom living that only God can give you? What is stopping you from inviting and embracing this next level of opportunity to advance, to advance with kingdom purpose? From heaven's perspective. Somebody say heaven's perspective. Is it fear? Is it anger? Bitterness? Is it hatred? Come on, we're going to get down and dirty. Is it resentment? It is, is it shame or is it embarrassment? Is it hurt? Is it disappointment? Oh, this is going to step on somebody's big toe. Is it criticism towards others? Come on. Is it pride? And I released this last Monday. I released it again. I recognize pride when I see it. Saints, that spirit of pride will stop you in your tracks from receiving what God intends for you to receive from him. Saints, every believer who is dealing with these reactions must understand that they are not from God nor from his kingdom. They never have been and they never will be. And so we come with sound counsel from Holy Ghost. Do not allow darkness to deceive you in thinking that none of these characteristics that are operating are not holding you back from your advancement. Don't let deception have its way in your mind. So tonight, when God, we, we edited this, we didn't do this last week. Tonight, as we were preparing this as I was with the, with the Spirit of God this afternoon and thinking with the mind of Christ, God says, I'm preparing an anointing for tonight. From this message, God has set into place in this house, those of you on stream as well, I'm preparing an anointing for tonight. I said, okay, what's the download, Abba? What's the download, Dad? He says, I'm releasing an anointing for boldness. I'm releasing an anointing for boldness in this house. Don't want to spill that oil. 
We're making room up here. So let's give you a, a little definition. Boldness is the willingness to take risks and act with courage and confidence without fear. The Bible tells us that that spirit of fear dominates the lives of many Christians, eight, eight out of ten Christians all the time. And that, that spirit of fear will paralyze a believer from doing what God is asking him to do. Listen to the definition one more time. Boldness is a willingness to take risks and act with courage and confidence without fear. The Bible says, I, God says, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and of a sound mind, which is the mind, a clear thinking mind, which is the mind of Christ. Ecclesiastics says this, who is like the wise man, and who knows the interpretations of a matter, a man's wisdom illuminates his face. And causes the stern face to beam. Why do you think people will approach you? Asking you for counsel or wisdom or guidance. It's because that glory. It's the Shekinah of God on your face. They see the wisdom of God. They're drawn to it, to the wisdom of God. Acts 4.13. 4, now when they saw the boldness. Somebody say boldness. Of Peter and John, and perceived or understood that they were <coughs> uneducated and untrained men, which has nothing to do with anyone here. Hallelujah. They marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Acts 4:31. Declaration, prophetic word. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Are you ready for an impartation? 